Oh my god, hello everyone, and welcome back to Clip the Podcast, a podcast about life, New York, and the real housewives that inhabit it. My name is Mark, and I'm a Scorpio with a Sagittarius moon and a Taurus rising, and I have no idea what that means. And I'm your host. Wow, welcome back everyone. I hope everyone is having a great day and or week. Um, It's a beautiful day today in New York City not a cloud in the sky. So thank God I'm sitting on the floor of my bedroom talking into a My Guy Amazon Primed. But yeah, I hope everyone's doing really well. Um, Little call to action, as they say, if you're enjoying this podcast, uh, please rate, review, and share. Um, It helps the podcast grow and to be more easily searched. Um, It also gives me the fleeting opportunity to confuse internet validation with true happiness. Uh, so kind of a win-win. Uh, if you're not liking this podcast, um, I suggest pausing, um, exiting, and then pretending I never made one. Um, and I'll do the same. Yeah. So anyways, this podcast's opening um, is a little more of a rant rather than last week's story. Um, it's come to my attention that we are still smacking in 2019 which is deeply troubling given the fact that I thought we kind of nipped that in the bud latest 2005. Um, For those not familiar with the terminology, smacking is the intentional refusal to close one's mouth while eating, uh, therefore allowing all those in proximity the opportunity to tune into the early onset of your digestion. Uh, smacking has got to be one of the nastier behaviors in the human repertoire. Uh, for me, it kind of stands um, out among the rest, given how easy it is to not smack. You know, all you need really is a jaw that uh, can close. Smacking makes me feel um, the opposite feeling of what ASMR makes me feel. Um, smacking is the anti-ASMR, um, the ASMR of uh, the devil. Um, I'm currently feeling some type of way because I recently had to move desks and I now sit next to two guys that really take smacking to a level I never knew existed. Uh, these fucking goons flap their gums from sunrise to sunset. Um, it's gotten to a point where I actually just jam up the volume of whatever I'm listening upon seeing them come back with food or open a container just to drown out the horror that I know is to come. And to add insult to injury, they're eating some of the more smackable foods available. You know, they're not eating like uh, celery or quinoa, you know, foods that are pretty difficult to smack. No, they're eating like mashed potatoes and a juicy cheeseburger. If I can guess the texture of what you're eating solely based upon the sounds emanating from your mouth, don't you think we have an issue? Um, I so badly just want to whip my neck around and be like, do you guys ever want to get laid ever? Uh, oh, oh, you don't. <laughs> Pardon moi. Please continue because you gentlemen are well on your way. No, of course I don't say anything. Um, <laughs> I don't want to be that insane person that complains about someone else's eating habits at the workplace. No, I would much rather choose to be the insane person that podcasts about someone's eating habits in the workplace. My friend offers um, some really good advice. Why don't you just move desks? Uh, Fair point. But at this juncture, I feel like I'm in a little too deep. um, And I really have to stand my ground and believe in what I know is right. So probably not anything I can do about that. Um, 
So I guess this is more of a PSA for all those in my life who identify as smackers or even present there as. Um, if you continue to do so, despite the fact now knowing how deeply triggering it is for me, you know, that's fine. Uh, I just want you to know that um, I will object at your wedding. I will ruin your five-year-old's birthday party. And I will later show up to your funeral um, in head-to-toe vintage Dior in Vogue the house down. So, you know, the choice is yours. <laughs> Anyways, um, thanks for listening to that. Um, you know, enough negativity for today. Uh, just kidding. This is a Real Housewives of New York recap podcast. So episode two opens up at Ramona's house back in the Hamptons. Uh, Dorinda is already there and now Tinsley and Sonia are arriving. Uh, Tinsley comes with gifts. She has a bag from Petrosian Caviar which Ramona happily accepts, uh, except then she stops and says, wait, is there actually caviar in this? Uh, no, Ramona. Tinsley decided to pack the Yankee candles she bought you in a Petrosian caviar gift bag. <laughs> I love how Tinsley goes into her confessional and goes, I'm telling everybody there's caviar in that bag. So um, she opens it now and uh, doesn't go back to Manhattan and shares it with her other friends. So I can have some. Um, I totally 100% relate to that stance. And I appreciate the hustle, Tins. You get that caviar that you bought, Ramona. So they all head upstairs and uh, Sonia feels the need to mention that she's still wearing uh, hair extensions from yesterday's photo shoot which you know was probably two weeks ago, um, and which I find hilarious as if they wouldn't notice that she's sprouted uh, incredibly fake-looking straight hair. I mean, she looks like Brittany from the Oops, I Did It Again video. Um, Dorinda's so nice. She goes, oh my God, oh my God, it looks great. Girl, please, that hair looks about as real as Ramona's breasts. So it cuts to Dorinda, who's super excited to tell everyone that she has a bit of a surprise. She has packed a mermaid costume for each of the women uh, to dress up in because, quote, all we do is eat and drink. It's time for us to do something silly for a change. <laughs> for a change? Have you not seen this entire show? So it cuts back to Bethany's house um, with Barbara and Luann. And you can really tell that Bethany is grieving because she's still letting Luann talk about herself. Uh, Luann informs the two that the best guys are in AA. <laughs> Side note, I love how Luann's voice is essentially um, that of a lower voiced homosexual man who smoked a pack of cigarettes the night before. Uh, but yeah, she tells them that the best guys are in AA, but you have to wait a year to date them. Now, uh, I'm no Cupid, but something about pairing up with someone who has the same substance addiction as you do, I don't know, doesn't strike me as the healthiest move. So back at Ramona's house, um, it starts with a confessional of Ramona, and she's basically talking about how Bethany really has no close friends with the cast right now. She's basically friends with Luann by default, which is incredibly accurate. Um, I just want to pause and say, what's going on with Ramona's eye in these confessionals? Um, it looks like she's applied way too much Botox. I mean, her skincare. That The eye looks like it's attempting to leave the socket and approach the temple of her face. Um, each confessional, it seems to be a little higher up. Um, I, I don't know what's going on. Ramona, you don't have to do anything to your face. You are gorgeous just the way you are. 
So they're all sitting down to enjoy what looks like a really beautiful lunch prepared by Ramona, uh, during which Sonia gets a call from Luann. So Sonia leaves and goes to the living room, takes the call. She goes, hey, Luann. Hey, Beth. Hey, Barb. Um, Of course, Ramona, who compulsively makes every scene about herself, goes, someone calling me? (laughs) No. So Luann goes on to ask, Sonia, why she's staying at Ramona's and not Luann's house. She goes, oh, well, you know, one summer I stay at your place. The next I stay at Ramona's. And this is just Ramona's turn. Uh, I love Sonia. She's essentially saying, uh, one summer I take advantage of your friendship. And the next I take advantage of Ramona's friendship. Uh, To which Luann just responds with, traitor. I think Luann thinks this fight between she and Dorinda is like an actual war. Uh, Luann, Dorinda yelling Giovanni at your cabaret show is not like the Boston Tea Party. Okay, can we all just take it down a notch? So Luann then confirms with Sonia if she is indeed attending the dinner that Luann is hosting. And in a confessional, she basically explains to all of us that she's hosting a dinner to celebrate all those that attended her intervention, which is a hilarious reason to have a dinner party um, and one that can only really be seen in a show as magical as this. Um, This dinner, I guess, is what it would be like if uh, the show Intervention on A&E had a reunion episode. Luann and Bethany tell Sonia that the dinner will be at Almond, um, to which Sonia replies, Oh, Almond, I go there for gay night on Fridays. Um, at this point, Ramona has entered the living room and is now circling Sonia like a helicopter. Um, Barbara chimes in and says, Hey, Sonia, remember I have my clam bake tomorrow. You're coming, right? Of course, Ramona somehow hears this and she goes, clam bake? Who's having a clam bake? Um, classic Ramona pretending that she doesn't know there's a clam bake scheduled and hosted by someone who's literally on the same television show that she is. So the phone conversation eventually ends and Luann, Barbara, and Bethany are kind of discussing what just transpired and Luann is basically saying that Ramona is not welcome to anything that she's attending because Ramona just spreads vicious lies about Luann. And it cuts to a reunion episode of last season where Ramona is telling everyone that Luann was kicked out of the Beacon Hotel because she was throwing her legs up and she was on the laps of people and she was just acting totally wasted. Now, Luann maintains that that is a lie. Um, And my only thing is that if that was indeed false, wouldn't Bethany have spoken up in that moment? I mean, Bethany is not one to hold your tongue, particularly when it comes to Ramona. Uh, So I'm just a little confused about that. So I'm not saying it happened or it didn't happen, but uh, I feel like Bethany not saying anything or not speaking up on Luann's behalf is very telling. But it cuts back to the three of them, and they're all so shocked and mystified that Ramona overheard what they were saying to Sonia and cuts to Bethany. She goes, I don't understand. Um, why did Sonia have to have that conversation in public? <laughs> I don't know, Beth. Maybe it's because you guys are on a reality television show. So we're back at Ramona's house, and I just want to say bravo to bravo, because I never knew I needed to see middle-aged women in mermaid costumes prancing around, but this is why representation matters. Um, To all you bigoted people out there, uh, mermaid costumes are not just for children, all right? 
No, this actually was a pretty funny scene um, and one I could have never predicted. Uh, one of my favorite moments was Sonia trying to get down the stairs and she's going down the stairs by sitting on one step at a time because her legs are actually constricted by the uh, mermaid tail or fin. I'm not sure what the terminology is, but... And Sonia makes this funny joke. She's like, oh, this is how me and my girlfriends would go down the stairs when we were drunk, but we still wanted to go out. Um, and Dorinda laughs and goes, oh, the good old days. And by good old days, she's most likely referring to last week. Um, after Ramona takes about seven hours to get down the stairs, uh, they're all in the pool and I didn't notice this when I first watched the episode, but um, I watched them twice because I'm a professional. Um, and I noticed that it was actually kind of sprinkling. Like there was definitely water droplets on the pool while they were talking, which is hilarious to me that they felt the need to get this scene uh, so badly that they were going to risk uh, weather conditions. So the next scene is dinner, uh, which is actually split between two restaurants because uh, the women currently hate each other so much they cannot all eat dinner at the same table, uh, to which production says, fuck you guys, we are not filming in two different locations. So the restaurants are literally across the street from each other. So we start off at the dinner between Ramona Tinsley and Dorinda. And before they can even sit down, Ramona informs everyone that she will be taking a lap. Um, Ramona is totally that girl to go take a lap at a restaurant when she's only with two other girlfriends. Um, and you know it's probably like a Wednesday evening. Who is she going to talk to? The, the busboy? Um, also, good to know that taking a lap is not exclusively a fraternity party term. I did not know that. So while Ramona does her lap, um, we cut to the other restaurant where Sonia is arriving and she's saying hi to Barbara and they're chatting and uh, Sonia orders a soda with bitters and Barbara goes, oh, you're not drinking? And then Sonia informs that she's not drinking, Dorinda's not drinking, and obviously Luann is not drinking. Now, um, I don't know about production, but I am panicking. I don't care what I need to do, but I need someone on this show to drink a cup of alcohol, please. So Ramona returns to the table, indicating that whatever lap she took was unsuccessful, um, and she explains that she did meet a couple guys that were pretty handsome and she asked if they were married and they said, yes, we're married happily together. Uh, they were gay. Uh, and you know, Ramona was like, mm, you're sure. So we end the scene at Luann's dinner. Um, and they're all kind of recounting the tale of the intervention with Luann as that's what we're celebrating at this dinner. And, uh, they kind of start talking about this crazy tale of when, uh, Luann was so wasted that she was trying to buy a house upstate for $6 million, of which, of course, she has none. Uh, so she had to ask all of her rich friends for that money, including Bethany, which, uh, you know, she probably tried to do like via Venmo requests, but uh, she was trying to buy a house for $6 million. Are we sure she was just drinking? But the dinner finally concludes with conversation obviously about Dorinda and Barbara asking Luann if she would be welcoming of a call from Dorinda to which uh, Luann responds well I don't want to text uh foreshadow <laughs> so it's the next morning and the ladies are in Ramona's kitchen and there's a knock at the door oh it's another one of Ramona's male hookers I mean her tennis coach um no 
in all seriousness, Ramona has really figured out the Da Vinci Code. Um, who needs dates when you can just hire a hot guy to teach you how to swim or play tennis? So in walks this poor guy who's just covered in regret, um, and they're kind of nervously small-talking. And at one point, Ramona introduces Dorinda and Tinsley, and she goes, we're your victims. And he kind of nervously laughs, and then she gets up really close in his face, and she goes, why? Do you want to be a victim? Like, <laughs> Ramona, your daughter's going to see this. <laughs> but enough small talk. It's time to hit the court. Um, and this is when we discover a really incredible parallel between season one and season 11. And that is Ramona's still horrible at tennis. Uh, Ramona plays tennis like I play tennis. Either I miss the ball or the ball goes into someone else's backyard. Now, we also discover something we weren't predicting, and that is Tinsley's an amazing tennis player. It was actually really impressive. And I'm kind of like, why isn't she with the tennis pro? I mean, I'm sure that greasy coupon dude doesn't even go on walks with her um i mean this guy was actually really impressed by her skill of course that pisses off ramona who eventually just leaves the lesson prematurely because she's already done core fusion for the morning she doesn't need to work out anymore so the next scene is bethany showing barbara the house she recently purchased renovated and now is renting out what a shock Bethany showing something she is selling or considering to sell. Uh, no, I will give it to her. This house is gorgeous. Now, what's not gorgeous are the outfits these two are wearing. Um, Bethany is wearing a denim parachute for a jacket and undoubtedly bedazzled skinny girl jeans. Um, Bethany is showing a house she just bought in jeans her company just made. It is like an infomercial inception. Now, Barbara is wearing a light green shirt tucked into bell-bottom jeans. Um, Barbara and I have the same problem, and that is our bodies are not really designed to wear outfits with shirts tucked into the pants. Uh, it's very disappointing because it's quite trendy at the moment, but we end up looking like um, multicolored stuffed sausages. So Bethany is showing Barbara the house, and Barbara is loving it. Uh, so much so that she just starts humping one of the walls in the house. Uh, this is how I know Barbara is a smart gal. She knows that any chance she gets, she needs to worship Bethany, even if that means humping an inanimate object. So as they're walking up to the master bedroom, Barbara gets a call from a very upset Dorinda because Dorinda has just found out that she's been disinvited to Barbara's clam bake. She goes, Barbara, I don't understand. I thought we were friends. I don't know why I'm disinvited. And Barbara says, well, you're not disinvited. I just would love if you would reach out to Luann prior to attending because I really fear that Luann could be triggered by seeing you. Now, look, I love Dorinda as much as the next gay, but I think when you get so wasted, you heckle your best friend's cabaret show that's being filmed for millions of people to see. You know, I think at that point, it's just time to say sorry. But, of course, she rejects Barbara's advice. And uh, one of my favorite things about reality television is that they require the cast to have all phone calls on speakerphone so that the audience can hear. But that also gives way um, of opportunity to Ramona to scream into the phone, which, of course, she eventually does. So the whole phone call quickly turns into um, the hyena scene from The Lion King. So anyway, the phone call ends and it cuts to a confessional of Ramona's, which was pretty hilarious. She goes, not invited to the clam bake. Barbara, are we in high school? 
Ramon, you are one to talk girlfriend. Um, she also later tries to be real quick with Tinsley and she goes, not invited to the clam bake. I don't get it. Are we four? I don't even want to be four. Um, you know, I'll commend you on your effort, but not quite. So now Luann and Barbara are at um, a cafe that Barbara's purchasing some food for the clam bake at, and they're discussing that Dorinda officially is no longer coming and that this is crazy that she's acting this way and just kind of, in general, the declining health of Luann and Dorinda's friendship. Meanwhile, Dorinda is sitting outside of Ramona's porch, and I don't know if Ramona got a sponsorship from Fashion Nova, but out she comes with a pair of some really classy neon yellow stripper heels. And the most hilarious part of the scene is not that she's walking outside holding a pair of heels. It's that the neon yellow of the heels actually matches the color of Dorinda's jacket, of which there's no mention, which I found baffling. But anyways, Ramona sits down and we find out that Dorinda has been crafting away at a text to send to Luann. And she eventually shows it to Ramona and Ramona looks at it and goes, ah, yeah, that's good. Um, if Ramona is green lighting your text, uh, that's a red flag. And reason alone to not only immediately delete that text, but uh, consider canceling your cellular service plan because you need to do everything in your power to make sure that text is not sent through. And production uh, chooses not to show us the text just yet, indicating to us that yes, this text indeed will be a disaster. Uh, so back at the cafe, Luann and Barbara are chatting when Ding goes her phone and Luann goes, I got a text from Dorinda. Luann proceeds to read aloud Dorinda's text, which appears to be in a 72-size font, and it reads, When you haven't forgotten those who've hurt you, you turn your back against your future. When you do forgive, you start walking forward. Tyler Perry. When people ask me why I think this show is the best show I've ever watched, I present you this. Um, Tyler Perry is the new Giovanni. He had no idea he would get so much press from this show. So the text clearly backfires because instead of replying, Luann just uh, shows everyone and laughs at Dorinda. So Sonia, Ramona, and Tinsley um, are off to the clam bake. And Ramona looks to Tinsley and she goes, Okay, Tinsley, I need you to set a timer. In 30 minutes, I'm going to talk to Barbara about not inviting Dorinda. In an hour, touch me on the shoulder, and we're going to leave. Um, Ramona, this is not a swap mission. It's a clam bake. And that is when the episode concludes. We are hit with the to-be-continued, of course. Um, this looks like it might be the most dramatic clam bake in history. And knowing Ramona, it's going to be amazing. Um, so yeah, that concludes this episode of Clip the Podcast. Um, if you made it this far, thank you so much for listening. Um, also, since I don't have a cuter way of ending my episodes yet, uh, this is how it ends. So I hope you have a great day and even better week. Um, and I will talk to you next time. Clip!